Welcome to Moments with Marianne. I'm so delighted we're spending this time here today. We have a very inspiring show coming right up with special guest, Dr. Mike Dow. And he's here to share with us his new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Think, Act, and Be Happy. How to Use Chicken Soup for the Soul Stories to Train Your Brain to Be Your Own Therapist. Now, Dr. Mike is a highly sought-after psychotherapist and New York Times bestselling author of The Brain Fog Fix, Healing the Broken Brain, and Diet Rehab. His books have been published in several different languages and are bestsellers in Europe and Asia. He has hosted several hit TV series on E!, TLC, VH1, and Investigation Discovery. Dr. Mike is known as a go-to expert in relationships, brain health, addiction, and mental illness. He's also on Hay House Radio, and he has a weekly show called The Dr. Mike Show. So let's welcome to the show, Dr. Mike Dow. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, what a joy it is to have you here. And my goodness, this is such a profound book. I mean, I I can see why it's flying off the shelves and people are wanting their own copy. Uh, I think all of us could use a little more happiness in our lives. And, uh, you know, I think this book is really practical. So I'm, I'm so glad, you know, that's why we wrote the book is to really help improve people's lives. So. Well, and, and it's right at the perfect time. I mean, people are thinking of holiday gifts. This is the perfect time to get this type of book for someone you love or someone you know, especially because it talks about a big thing that I'm very interested in, and it's the whole train your brain. You know, because a lot of people think that when we have, we're, we're kind of born with our brain a certain way, we're stuck with it, and then that's it. But I love how you have these practices in here that say otherwise. You know, I think that's one of the big takeaways, Marianne, is that you can train your brain every single day with really practical, easy steps, um, which is what cognitive behavioral therapy is all about, and that's sort of what this book is based um, uh, around, these, these exercises. So, you know, it's, it's not making a huge uh, life change. I mean, that'll obviously change your brain, too. Uh, but, you know, what I love is that people realize that, oh, it's actually not that hard to train and change my brain. If I just start with the thoughts, uh, maybe uh, baby step by baby step at a time, changing my everyday actions, and, and soon, soon enough they cultivate that state of happiness, joy, and, and peace. Well, and so it leads me to kind of wonder, like, what started you on this path, not only to become the highly successful doctor that you are, but also to kind of be interested in why our brain works the way it does? Well, you know, personally, I got started on this path because, you know, I saw how my brother trained his brain. You know, he had a mass, he suffered a massive stroke when he was 10 years old because of a rare brain disease. So he had to learn how to talk again, walk again. Um, you know, he still deals with some paralysis in his right arm, but, you know, he, he did things the doctors told him he would never be able to do. So I think that's sort of my firsthand experience of, of realizing that, you know, and obviously a stroke is a really extreme example, but really we are all training our brains um, every single day. So, you know, that's sort of where my own personal uh, inspiration for all of my work started, and you know, and then of course I dived into, uh, I dove into the science, and, and realized that there are so many incredible everyday ways, you know, eat, eat for little things like I just want to be a little bit more optimistic or a little more grateful. 
um, that, you know, sort of the same philosophy applies that, it, you know, it's just sort of my brother learned how to speak again, one syllable and then one word and then one sentence at a time. And by the same token, I, you know, science really proves that if you want to create a, a really a life filled with love or find a new significant other after one, after one has passed um, or just, you know, cultivating more gratitude, that it's the same, it's the same thing. It's, it's one moment, one choice, uh, and one day at a time. How inspiring that people not only hear your story and your personal journey, and I have to share with our listeners, if you haven't been to Dr. Mike Dow's website, please go there. You're going to see an episode of The Doctors that was just, oh, it's, it's heart-touching, and it's something we all should be made aware of. But to use your personal experience as your driving force also to do the work that you do, I, I really applaud you. Well, it's, uh, I, I have to thank all of the people I've ever treated because, you know, they really honor me uh, and trust me with, with, their, with their journey. And, and it's, it's the most rewarding work. So I, I am really the luckiest man uh, in the world when it comes to uh, what I get to do every day. Um, and, you know, what's also cool is that all of the tips um, and, and sort of exercises that I've developed, you know, I was thinking of the thousands of people that I've treated as I was creating them, you know, just sort of thinking, okay, what worked for, for those 10 people that I treated who had this sort of um, issue? And, you know, in fact, we, when we were deciding what to put in the book, um, Amy and I, the editor-in-chief, Amy's the editor-in-chief of Chicken Soup for the Soul, we had, we had a conversation and we were thinking about what are the two dozen most common issues I see in my practice. And that's sort of how we came up with the, uh, the structure of the book and the table of contents and, and what, what we were going to uh, discuss in this book. Well, I, I really like how it's set up because you have a person's story that they've submitted. Then you have also your, you've added some insights as well, and then there's some actionable work for them to do right after that. Yeah, and I, I kind of joke that it's a combination, this book, you know, and of course you can use it uh, as a complement to, to therapy, but, but really, you know, if you read a chapter, I sort of joke that it's sort of, you know, in, in 15 minutes, it's a combination of group therapy and individual therapy because, you know, what happens when you're in a support group or group therapy, you have that me too moment, you have that aha moment of, oh my gosh, that person is in my shoes or I feel that way. So when you read the, the story that somebody else has written who is in a similar circumstance or, or going through what you're, you're going through, you have that moment, which is sort of, you know, in some ways like sitting in a group, in a support group or group therapy. And then it's sort of like you're in my office because I'm actually talking to you, um, giving you the, the same tips and tricks that I would give a, a patient in my office. So it's, you know, you sort of get that, uh, that combination approach and, and you take the Me Too moment and, and with the CBT-based tips and with the workbook journals and exercises and meditations, you're really taking that inspirational story and applying it in a really deep way to your own life and to your own brain. I, I thought this stories and how it was set up was fabulous. How did you end up working? Because we've had Amy on the show before. She's fabulous. We love her. And Amy Newmark is just an amazing person. How did you get working with Chicken Soup of the Soul? Did they see you and say, gosh, we got to start working with this guy. <laughs> this, you know, the, the funny story is, is that this all came out of a lunch that Amy and I had. And, you know, Amy had been on 
Uh, we worked together in, in uh, media. We had a little something, something like this, just like you and I are meeting. And, you know, we didn't know what, but uh, she was in Los Angeles and we had a lunch. And she was talking to me about what I did um, in my office. And, you know, she, we sort of had this aha moment, which was that people in uh, all of her, you know, the thousands and thousands of chicken uh, soup for the soul stories that she's ever read and come across. She said, oh, my gosh, when you talk about cognitive behavioral therapy, I realize that so many people that, that you know, have stories in our books are actually using cognitive behavioral therapy instinctually on themselves, even if they don't call it that. And, and so we, we thought it would be so cool to actually have a book that combines the stories. And, um, you know, there's this great story of this woman who was agoraphobic and afraid of planes and had panic attacks and you know, baby step by baby step at a time, she knew she had to conquer all those fears, and she absolutely did. And, you know, so she was actually sort of, in, in some ways, uh, her own therapist. And um, But then, of course, wouldn't it be cool if I could actually then talk to you and, and help you to break uh, whatever whatever it is that you're trying to achieve in your life into those same baby steps? You know, even if you're not agoraphobic, even if you just want to uh, build a business that you love or uh, get back on the career horse or the you know, get back on the love horse or whatever that horse is that you're trying to get back on um, or lose 150 pounds or lose five pounds. Um, it's just so cool that people can apply it um, with the format of this book. Okay, so since you brought that up, I was actually, I've got a whole list of questions. We'll never reach all of them, you know, but there is a story in there that talks about overcoming obesity. And so you, you mentioned that this can be used for, you know, maybe emotional eaters or people who are looking for lasting weight loss. Yeah, you know, I, I really think that changing your mindset is the most powerful tool, no matter what the health goal or the psychological goal is, you know, physical or, or mental health. So in this story, there's a woman who had to lose 150 pounds. And what she did is she set a SMART goal. So a SMART goal is a specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-sensitive goal. Um, that's how I would frame it. She actually was doing it in her own mind. Um, and it was sort of Instead of saying, oh, my gosh, I have to lose 150 pounds, that seems daunting. That seems overwhelming. But a, a smart goal would be I'm going to lose at least two pounds a month uh, for the next 12 months. And, and you can understand how, you know, sort of reframing and, and changing your mindset in that way can really help people to uh, achieve all sorts of things. And instead of feeling overwhelmed and hopeless, you feel proud of yourself. You feel... Um, optimistic, um, you feel you feel more joy um, in your everyday. Uh, instead of feeling down on yourself, you're you become your own greatest cheerleader. So it's just little uh, cool reframes uh, like that that this book is chock full of. I know there are so many great stories within this book. People sharing their personal account, and I'm not asking you to pick a favorite one because that would pretty much be, I think, impossible in many ways. But why don't you share with one one that really stands out for you? There is a story that brought me to tears. And, you know, by the way, I, I went through uh, probably a few dozen Kleenex um, reading through all the stories when we were selecting them. Um, and I think the most inspirational ones you'll find in this book, there is this story about uh, two, uh, two people uh, dealing with paralysis, living their lives 
And, you know, this is the example of what your mindset shift uh, can do. You know, I, I've seen people in my office who say, who come to me and they're in their 40s and they say, oh, it's too late for me. I'll never find love. But that's a mindset shift, isn't it? That's what you're telling yourself about yourself. So, you know, these two people, they are living their lives in wheelchairs. And, you know, if you're living your life in a wheelchair, obviously it's a little bit harder to do things like, um, you know, run a marathon or compete in, um, you know, sort of physical-based activities. But both of these people did. And they actually met and fell in love at a wheelchair race. And then they got married. And then they wanted to start a family. And, uh, you know, the doctor said, well, it would be, it would be, we should actually use a surrogate because of, you know, some of the, you know, some of the issues around, um, you know, the, the physical issues. Um, and what, what a miracle, you know, a family member, a sister stepped in and said, I'll carry your child, but it didn't, it didn't work out. So then this wife, uh, even give, you know, with her limitations and with, you know, obviously paralysis and mobility, uh, the doctor said, well, I don't know. It's probably, you know, sort of not going to work or it may be uh, complicated. She carried her own child and uh, gave birth without any complications. And isn't it so powerful that, you know, these two people, this happy couple, uh, didn't allow something like, you know, paralysis um, get in their way of finding love, of um, having the family of their dreams. And, you know, there were a lot of people along the way who said, um, you know, even their doctor, well, this is going to be really hard and I don't know. Um, or I'm sure there was, uh, you know, even in their own heads, uh, oh, gosh, should I, should I really compete in a, in a race in a wheelchair? And the answer was yes. And, you know, I, I love that story because it shows that it's not so much about your circumstances of your life. So, you know, obviously not everyone is dealing with paralysis, but, you know, how many of us have, uh, you know, had something in our lives where it was our belief that we could do it that was the most important factor of if we could achieve that goal or not. So, you know, that, that one just really struck me. That is such a beautiful one. I, I love that one, too. My goodness, how heart-touching. And I, I love that they just wouldn't take no for an answer. You know, I've had friends that have had surgeries that the doctors are like, you're never going to walk again. And my friend, was, um, she pretty much said, watch me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you take these stories and you, you build upon them. Oh, my goodness. And, I, you know, what's so fabulous is that you have workable information so people can apply it to their own life regardless where their journey is. Because you talk about paralysis. I mean, yeah, we, we might have that in other areas of our lives. Like not being able to move in business or relationships or whatever the case is. I, one of the, you know, one of the seven pitfall thought patterns in this book, which is sort of the cognitive piece of cognitive behavioral therapy, is changing how you think. Um, one of the seven is paralysis analysis. Um, so it's maybe you're not uh, physically paralyzed, but your mind paralyzes you because you ruminate and you get caught in these negative downward spirals of thought patterns that prevent you from taking meaningful action. Um, so whether you're literally stuck in your in your life with you know a business or some uh, you know something that you're trying to start, or maybe it's just something um, I, I you know I think for for all of us it begins in our mind and we have to figure out you know how we change those negative thought patterns and the first step is awareness. So you know I we sort of start the book by saying okay here are the seven pitfall thought patterns you need to be aware of because these are linked to 
depression, anxiety, and they, they're, ha- you know, I call them happiness blockers. So when you notice that thought pattern, um, just first pay attention, and then a lot of the tools in the book will help you to sort of turn them off so that you can get rid of those happiness blockers um, and think in more positive and optimistic ways. Well, and I'm glad you brought up depression because that seems, I mean, my goodness, we're going through like different crises as a society right now, and that's one of them. You know, people, it seems, are more depressed than ever. And I really liked how you approached that whole you know, that whole story and, and dealt with that. It's not so much dealt with it, but offered insights and advice. I, you know, I think, you know, I, I may be the doctor and the expert, um, but I think in so many ways people will find uh, that the stories uh, are, are sort of uh, the greatest teachers of, of all. You know, I, I may be, you know, I may have a doctorate. I may be an expert. I may practice um, it, you know, I have a private practice and I may, you know, sort of uh, be the expert in some ways. But, you know, I always say to my patients, you are the true expert of you, you know, and and you are actually the expert of your own life, um, not me. You know, I sort of just guide people. So I, I think people will have that experience when they read these stories and realize that sometimes it's that that really inspirational moment of, of connection that allows people to, I don't know, take ownership and become the the doctor of their own brains and, and of their own lives, which is what I hope people to do, will, will do when they read this book. Well, and, you know, and I so appreciate you said that because, it, you know, you're kind of helping people to help themselves because as a, uh, a single doctor looking to make the type of change you're looking to make in the world, and your book is helping a lot of people because there's only so much physically you can do. Yeah, I, I think so. Instead of, you know, one person an hour, <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, thousands and thousands of people will, will take uh, these, you know, the natural uh, methods um, of cognitive behavioral therapy and, and really train their own brain. You know, I think we can actually make the world a better place if we all trained our brains to be a little bit kinder to ourselves, a little more optimistic. And I think the ripple effect of that uh, could actually end up uh, you know, changing millions of people uh, because of the way that gratitude, kindness, happiness is contagious in the way that it affects others. Well, and you show in the book that it's something that definitely can be developed because a lot of times people, you know, you, I don't know about you, but I hear people sometimes saying, well, I have nothing to be grateful for. Or, you know, they, they get in these kind of ruts of negative thinking when that all can be changed. It really can, and, you know, it's probably easier than you think. You know, we don't do it all at once. We do it one baby step by baby step at a time. Um, and, you know, it's interesting the the way that thoughts and actions and feelings, it's, they you know, it sort of forms a triad. So if you're noticing negative thoughts, um, you can start by becoming aware. Um, you can talk back to your thoughts, or you can also just start by changing what you do baby step by baby step at a time every single day. And because, you know, thoughts, feelings, and actions are, are sort of also interconnected, it's, it's, it's like pulling on a knot. It doesn't really matter where you pull. Um, you just have to start pulling somewhere to untie that knot, and then it all sort of unravels. Um, and then, you know, by changing your actions, you can change how positive your thoughts are. They'll become more positive, which, of course, leads to um, more happiness. Yeah. 
they can have happier people can have happier lives. What if, and there is a story in the book, what if someone has something where most people think, I don't think I can ever uh, overcome this. I was a victim of abuse. You know, is there a light at the end of the tunnel for them? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the others of the seven pitfall thought patterns we talk about is permanence. And permanence in the brain makes it feel like the negative, painful state that you are in today will never go away. Um, but remember that all of those seven pitfall thought patterns, including permanence, is an illusion. So if you are somebody who is overcoming something horrific like uh, physical or sexual abuse or the trauma of a car accident or war, uh, there may be part of you that says, oh my gosh, I'm always gonna, going to feel this way. Uh, but that's an illusion. And we know that there are so many ways, and I can tell you I have treated thousands, at least hundreds of people with post-traumatic stress disorder. And it, it, you can absolutely change it. And the way you feel today, if it is negative, you will not always feel that way. And so, yes, the answer to your question is, yes, there is a light at the end of uh, of that tunnel and there is a silver you know there is some great light there that's waiting for you um, and there is hope I think people are going to feel really relieved to hear that because if someone's been through some type of abuse and they are you know feeling it you know in a place where they're feeling like you know gosh I'm, I'm really not able to get through this that it, it doesn't have to be that, as you were talking about, that permanent um, situation. It's something that they can move beyond. I, I think if we all remember that, um, it's, it's really going to help us not only with something that you're dealing with now, but a lot of this is prevention. It's sort of knowing what to do and how to think and how to train your brain uh, so that when you do come across, you know, when life hands you something tricky, um, you'll, you'll have all these tools, which is, which is why, you know, people have said, you know, I sort of bought this book because I love, you know, I really want help with, you know, becoming more optimistic or I'm going through a divorce. But then you read every single chapter and there's something to learn, even if it's not something you're dealing with now. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not a cancer survivor, but when I was reading the story about the cancer survivors, I, I, I learned something. Um, you know, I had some aha moments about optimism and, and gratitude and mindsets related to health, you know. So I, I think people, when they read these chapters, even though we're talking about specific issues, the lessons are really universal. What I think we have time for one more of the stories, if you care to share with us, that, you know, kind of stood out for you. I mean, there's so many. And there's so many great examples, and they touch every section of our lives. You know, um, mm -hmm. I think our listeners would love to hear another one from you. Oh gosh, there, there, there are so many that brought me to tears, and so many that that um, that that touched me. But you know, there's a really simple one, a really really simple one, and it was about gratitude and mindset. And it was this couple who was down on their luck. You know, a company went out of business, so the husband lost his job, and they had to they lost their house, and they had to move into this, you know, rundown house. And, you know, you know, so clearly this was sort of a, a rock bottom moment for this family. And, and, you know, the wife was just really in a, you know, the husband was trying to comfort her. You know, he's saying things like, it's not that bad. And, you know, she's saying, no, actually it is. Actually it is that bad, you know. And it was, you know, sometimes it just takes the, the, the wonder and, and innocence of a child to sort of, 
stop us in our tracks. And, you know, so their daughter was out playing in the yard and she was commenting on how, you know, even though the, the wife, the, the mom was seeing this rickety fence, you know, the daughter was just so happy that there was a fence because that means that she could go out and play in the yard. And she was talking about the flowers and all of the, all of the beauty that she saw with her, with her child's eyes. And it was that moment of seeing her daughter play outside and having her daughter be so grateful with this, you know, the simple beauty of being outside and, and seeing those flowers um, that was her aha moment to say, you know what, it's not that bad. In fact, it's pretty great. And you know what, we have a home and there are flowers and there is a yard and we have a roof over our head. And it was that, that, that mindset shift of gratitude um, that helped uh, this family, and of course, what's great is once you once you figure out what that mindset shift is for you to you know in terms of being more grateful, then you can call more abundance in because you're already grateful for what you have, and then you feel better, you feel happier, and happier people tend to be more productive and they tend to become go getters in, in the in the world. So then, of course, you're going to just attract uh, more abundance, and and uh, you know he did get a you know the 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 husband got a job again, and they did what they had to do, and their life got better. Uh, but I think it started with that mindset shift and that aha moment that their daughter gave them. Yeah, it's so fabulous, especially where we get our inspiration to make those shifts in our lives. It doesn't, you know, it could be as simple as a child saying something or, you know, in um, the case of think, act, and be happy, is reading a book and seeing where it applies to your own life and how you can make those adjustments. Yeah, yeah, I, I know I've made some shifts in, in my own life and the mindset, especially around gratitude and, and um, what I paying attention to what I do have. And, you know, just to share a personal story with you in my own life of how I had to take my own advice, you know, it reminds me of, of something that uh, we went through um, just, just uh, these past few months. You know, we bought a fixer-upper and we thought that we could handle it, and then we soon realized that we're, we are not – <laughs> we're not fixer-upper people. And I, for a couple days, I got, I, I fell prey to paralysis analysis. You know, I was sort of ruminating in the, oh, God, we made the wrong decision. What have we done? And I felt like I couldn't do anything, and I wasn't going to be able to, um, you know, I, I to to do all the things that need, needed to be done. And, oh, gosh, how do you fix, you know, a roof? And how do you, you know, make, you know, redo a bathroom? Oh, my gosh, I guess I'm not... Uh, I thought I was going to be good at this, but I'm not. And I just, I got caught in my own negative thoughts. And then I had to remind myself um, of some of the strategies in this book, which is, you know, when you get caught in paralysis analysis, the, one of the antidotes is to just wake up every day and fill it with activities that are productive and pleasurable. So every day I said, okay, this may feel hard, but, you know, I think I could call that, you know, you know, three uh, roofing companies, or I could call two plumbers, or I could call the, uh, you know, get an estimate from this flooring person. And all of a sudden, you know, the house was done, <laughs> you know, and, and at first it felt really daunting because, uh, because of, you know, sort of the, oh gosh, did we, but did we bite off more than we could chew? Um, but the house is done <laughs> and, and, and we did it. So, you know, I, I think we all have to take our own advice sometimes. 
Hey, that, that's a that's a very real story that I think a lot of people go through because you can take those classes at Home Depot and just realize, ooh, this is a little bit more than what I can do here. You know? Oh yeah, and what you know now when I watch HGTV or <laughs> when people say, oh, that's easy, just knock off this wall and do this and do that, and they make you know, and of course in a thirty minute show it just magically happens, you don't realize just the blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, um, that go into everything, but I think that's such a, a metaphor for for all of the struggles that we have in, in our own lives. No matter what you're facing, um, action is one of the most potent antidotes. And you know, for me, I start my actions change my negative thoughts to more positive thoughts. Um, in other parts of the book, some of the strategies we start by changing the thoughts, and then when you start with the thoughts, then the actions change. So again, it doesn't matter where you where you start that change in cognitive behavioral therapy. Because everything is training your brain to get into that feedback loop of gratitude and joy and contentment. Um, you know, happy. I I don't know if I like the word. You know, happiness is such a interesting word because it has so many meanings. So I wish I could have called the book "Think, Act, and Be Joyful, Peaceful, Content." <laughs> you know, optimistic <laughs> and dot. You know, and, but you know, we we only had so many words for the title. So I guess happy is, is the best way to sum it up. Well, and you know what, and at some point or another, people do, I mean, they, they probably attribute joy, contentment, all that to some kind of form of happiness. So, you know, I, I think it works out because most people, you look at it and they're like, you know, they want to have more happiest, uh, happiness in their life. They want to be fulfilled. They want to feel like life matters and think, act, and be happy from Chicken Soup of the Soul and you, Dr. Mike Dow, did a fabulous job. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. Oh. Well, and so where can our listeners connect with you and see your videos and learn more about your community? Yeah, so they can go to my website, drmikedow.com, D-R-M-I-K-E-D-O-W.com, where you can even download a uh, one of the stories um, that's, that's in this book, which is kind of cool. And uh, I'm uh, on all social media platforms at Dr. Mike Dow. Well, you know, Dr. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us here today. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Mike. It's been such a pleasure to spend this time with you. And of course, to talk about your new book in the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, Think, Act, and Be Happy. This book is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and of course, all indie bookstores. If you'd like to connect with Dr. Mike, you can at his website, drmikedow.com. Well, we're at the end of our time today. I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. You're listening to Moments with Marianne. And remember, make every moment count. In a single moment, your life can change. Moments with Marianne is a transformative hour that covers an endless array of topics with the best of the best. Her guests are leaders in their fields, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, and business and spiritual entrepreneurs. Each guest is gifted and a true visionary. 
a recognized leader in her own work, and while teaching others to develop, refocus, and grow, Marianne will bring the best guest and sometimes a special surprise. Don't miss this. You never know just which moment will change your life forever. Moments with Marianne airs every Thursday, Friday, and Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Make sure to tune in and visit momentswithmarianne.com for more information.